Rani from Peachtree Perinatal Wellness. Welcome to the Trademark Radio Studio. Thank you so much for having me. Parenthood isn't always peachy. It's hard work. You have your child and then the doctor's like, well, you can go home now. It's, and not, you- it's not a Tamagotchi. So society tells us that it is the best thing you're ever going to do in your life. It's so rewarding. The love you feel is like nothing else you've ever felt before. So what about the mum that doesn't feel that straight away? Yeah. Immediately they're like, what is wrong with me? Yep. Maternal suicide rates in that first 12 months after having a baby are still the key cause of indirect maternal death. Trademark Radio, coming through on your wireless. <laughs> Welcome back. I like rolling into a conversation with some weird topics. <laughs> or weird banter where no one's got any context to how we got yeah. here. Yeah. So let's, let's just leave it like that. Yeah, let's, let's do... Wondering, we're not going to spit on each other in here. <laughs> we're going to keep it very civilized, and we're going to learn a lot of new stuff today. It's not COVID safe, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, welcome back, not. welcome back to Trademark Radio for another episode in 2021, and we're super privileged to have a very special guest in today. Every week, our guest's name is Rani, but she's been called everything from, well, Ranatunga. We just found out, which I believe is Sri Lankan, but uh, she's also once upon a time was a bit of a motocross fiend, which mm. I'll be. Keen to hear a little bit about, but um, <laughs> and interestingly enough, she has a, a very nice tattoo on her wrist uh, that says she believed she could, so she did, which I believe now is more appropriate more than ever. So, ah, Rani from Peachtree Perinatal Wellness, welcome to the Trademark Radio Studio. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you here. We were late um, again. <laughs> We've had two meetings, you and I. I've been late to both of them, and I like to be punctual, so. I do oh, apologise. Saying this, I do. But, I do mm, apologise. Actions speak louder than I know. Words. I know. Well, let's make up for it here with this great <laughs> well, chat, shall we? It's worth saying we were late to the meeting before yours because oh. we went to the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, we went to the wrong place. That was me as well. So, okay, so yeah, it's, it's, it's looking a triple bunger. Good. It's a triple bunger. <laughs> hey, but we all make mistakes, right? We so do nice. make mistakes. We do. Uh, context: We were introduced uh, by Ben Ashmole, who's been on this podcast. Shout out to Ben. The one before us. Yeah. Ah. Oh, well, Dan hasn't updated the website. Oh. Actually, you've missed that. Okay. You haven't got Jimmy and Tam up there yet. But uh, put me sorry, on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> got no, no. In trouble. Have but, I fucked up? Should no, I leave? There's been a mistake. There's been a mistake. But no, Ben was on the sorry, podcast. Ben. He's uh, a really great friend of ours. He and Laura, yep. um, a little Aussie. Oh. Um, so couldn't you just talk yeah. to those guys all day? Oh my goodness, so we, much stuff. We got invited over for dinner there. What must have been about a month ago now. Um, and Ben it, cooked a lovely paella. Oh, it was delightful. <laughs> Laura just yelled abuse from the from the other side of the living room at him the whole time, she taking was, the Mickey out of she it. She was juggling a baby though. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's right. And um, interesting thing about it was um, we're like halfway like through the evening. I was like, oh, where's your TV? And they were like, we don't have one. And they have actually told us that. Yeah, as and they're well. like, we don't own a TV. And I was like. I was like, fuck, I reckon there must only be like <laughs> less than 1% of people in Australia that don't have a TV. I'm like, that's incredible. And I was like, why is that? And they were explaining, well, we realised, because obviously they've got their own business and they're super busy all the time, as everyone is, but yeah. they were saying they were coming home and they were just like veg out in front of the TV and they weren't connecting. So they're like, let's throw the television away so we have to communicate. And I was like, that's incredible. That's self-awareness yeah. right there, right? Really cool. So many people don't even notice that's what's happening. Yeah, and they're like, you know, we sit here, we either like, we'll, yeah, we'll either have like really long conversations or we'll sit here and read and then yeah. talk about the books that we're reading. Yeah, it was really cool. I was 
key takeaway from that dinner, apart from the delicious meal that Ben cooked right. and, the, and the red wine that was delightful and as well. sticky date pudding that Lily made. <laughs> that I couldn't eat. Thanks, Lily. She made me for Valentine's Day. Hey, also, I'm, I'm gluten-free too. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to have any sticky date either, so lucky you weren't invited. <laughs> Am I the odd one out here? Yeah, you're the weird me. one. I'm the glutton. Yeah. I'm the glutton. <laughs> um, well, I will just note one thing watching Ben's podcast with you guys. I did hear him mention that you guys are his favourite client <laughs> and I must admit I took that a little offensively given the work he'd done with us last yeah, year. Yeah, it's rude. I think he it? says that to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Does he? Yeah. That's his oh, sales okay. pitch. Buddy kiss ass. <laughs> well, I won't feel so bad. <laughs> ben is definitely listening to this. <laughs> um, but let's let's get a bit of a background, Rani. Um, yeah, you're from Peachtree. From Peachtree. Um, what's Peachtree? Okay. Uh, in a nutshell. Peachtree was founded about 10 years ago uh, by two mums who themselves had had significant perinatal mental health challenge, perinatal being pregnancy all the way through to postnatal. Um, And they found that when having these conversations, either mums would kind of like start moving away because they're uncomfortable or they would start talking about their own experiences because it felt safe to do that. So it was recognised that it needs to be a safe place for mums to come to to talk about their challenges, emotional well-being challenges, we like to refer it to. Mental health tends to have that stigma. So that's what Peachtree started out as being in community halls, in, you know, anywhere we could get space. I in, in Brisbane? It's, ba- it's yeah, so yeah, Brisbane-based yeah. charity. Yeah. Yeah, kind of an important point. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> and then... I came on board about a year later after I'd had my son and realised that there was just nothing out there for the support that I needed. It was either really extreme examples of what potentially could go wrong or really flippant, you know, baby blues type um, examples. So I was like, there needs to be everyday support for just coming and having a chat about how this impacts us because we're not comfortable to talk about it with just anybody. I mean, I had best friends at the time that kind of moved away because they just didn't get it. So it's really difficult when you're living, eating and breathing mental health challenge to be able to talk about it, particularly when it's related to a brand new baby. Yeah. Well, Well, you're you're supposed to just know what to do, right? Uh, You're just supposed to just have it all together and, you know, you're you're a mother and you're going to have it sorted. Yeah. It's just not like that. It's not at all. And the thing is... But why do you reckon it's like that? Why do you think it's like that? Because the, the 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 thing that I can't believe is that like you have your child and then the doctor's like, well, you can go home now, and they're like, everyone's like, righto, and you just yeah. pack her up. It's, and not, then it's not a Tamagotchi, correct, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, that's like you know, my wife and I are talking about having kids, and like that don't like that really. It's really daunting because I'm like, oh, I, I've got no idea what to do. And this is the thing: is that no one does. So I don't know that when you're pregnant you can actually teach that stuff um, because we call it the pregnancy bubble. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a space when you're pregnant that it's never going to happen to you. So even for myself, as I yeah. mentioned, it's like I have a background in psychology. I've worked with midwives and, you know, in birth suites with mums and babes. That was my job. And, you know, I totally had this down. <laughs> so let's talk, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about so, your, ex- your experience. Well... Yeah, I feel like we 
I didn't cover Peachtree very well. No, no, no. <laughs> sorry. No, no, sorry. Are we moving too fast? Oh, I'm sorry. just so interested. I'm just so interested. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I Woo up there, big boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I better kind of yeah, finish yeah. the Peachtree. Yeah, yeah. um, so basically we started out that way. Seven years volunteer-led. The, the unique thing about Peachtree, um, which we're extremely proud of, is that we're peer-led, which means that every person that works for Peachtree, certainly who does our service delivery, have their own lived experience of perinatal mental health challenge. So no one walks into Peachtree and talks to someone who has not been there themselves. And that is... It's a key difference. It's such a key difference. We're not clinical. We don't ever want to be clinical. What we provide is a safe space to then be able to talk about, well, we don't provide advice or opinions, but people can talk about, well, this is happening and we have resources we can share. So now we have dad's resources we Mm. can share. And that's what we're about. So being 100% peer-led is huge for us. It's unique. We're probably the only organisation in Australia, I think, charity who provides that. Uh, and it's it's something, like I said, we're totally proud of. That's so really cool. we wrote a program about three years ago. Viv and myself, who's our CEO, um, I'm operations manager, <laughs> just so you know, um, and we got funding to deliver that program at six-week Sunshine Parenting Program, we called it, but it's about all the stuff that we potentially don't know coming into parenthood that just helps that little bit of understanding. And a lot of mums just have those aha moments when they do that course because you don't realise, you just don't. So we cover topics like relationships, bonding with babies, um, perinatal mental health just in a very general sense. Probably feeding. Well, no, we don't. We talk about... You know, things that can impact, which feeding is a massive one, and Mm. sleep, (laughs) just quietly. Um, But we don't delve into it in too much depth because the goal is that we can then provide further information. This is an introduction to potential, you know, symptoms, challenges. Relationship navigation is huge, not only with a partner, but also with family, with friends, work um, all of those things, but just touched on. And then the goal is to perhaps follow that up with another program that delves into things a little more. One thing I really like about that, and you're talking so strongly about the peer-led approach mm, mm. and that you're not clinical, no. but what I'm getting is that it's a very empathetic type um, scenario where it's not you're not there to solve the problems and you know it's just about the relatability piece which for me is so exciting because in the mental health space and like what we're doing very similar I suppose in that we're promoting a culture where people can just be there to support each other and it's not you don't need to have the solutions or solve the issues and that piece there is probably the most important part Mm. you know because then you can direct people wherever they need to go but having that safe community is, is really important. And often we do social inclusion. So obviously it's grown (laughs) Um, significantly. We got Department of Health funding over the last three years, the funding to deliver that program. We did an 18-month evaluation around the Sunshine Parenting Program, which showed significantly and clinically significant um, improvements for mums from before they started the six-week program to after. Things like parenting confidence, depression and anxiety, quality of life with regard to their ability to function (laughs) which people don't realize can be massively impacted during that first 12 months of after having a baby and people also don't realize maternal suicide rates in that first 12 months 
after having a baby are still the key cause of indirect maternal death in that 12 months. And that's a stat that people just don't get. Like, they just don't know that. Um, and it could indirect because it could be a car accident. It could be an overdose. It could be anything. But oftentimes it's not recognised as being a perinatal mental health issue yeah wow so obviously the conversations come a very long way and this there's a few reasons why this conversation is really important to me but i was just explaining didn't really explain but my mum's a midwife yes she's worked night shift her entire life shout out to loretta single parent <laughs> single parent family she's a lactation consultant as oh, well fantastic. um yeah she works down in sydney i've heard the stories from just that side of things i know like what what she what you know the things that she's been through and birthing mothers have been through just on a surface level but also from mum's own perspective she went back to work like two weeks after having my middle brother because single parent family had to make ends meet and in hindsight obviously I wasn't born at the time but like (laughs) I look at that scenario and I think holy shit how the fuck did she do that absolutely and then I think about all the people who we come face to face with, meet every day. Every single person walking around the earth has a mother who went, who who gave birth to them, who went through a whole range of things. And there would have been nothing like peach tree around a little while ago. No. And culture would have been a lot different around these subjects. So obviously, well, you we've see seen it generationally, right? Yeah. You know, our parents' generation so different. I think we're getting better at talking about mental health, but it's still got such a a long way to go. Um, Everything your mother experienced with regard to having to go back to work, the reality of life, like you just have to provide still, right? Mm -hmm. So whether it's the dad or the mum, we're so busy now. Often both parents are working. So take one income away from that situation and it's a recipe. Got a challenge, yeah, right? it's, a, it's a pretty. And that's on top of everything else: feeding, sleeping, <laughs> you know, yeah. all of the challenges. Yeah, all the stress, <laughs> and it just—it's a snowball effect. And then I think coping mechanisms yeah. that that so many mothers and parents in general must lean on, you know, to, yeah. to just escape and just to get through. And what society tells us parenthood looks like. So you look at Huggies commercials and, you know, all of the lovely, happy families. They should be flinging dirty (laughs) diapers around the place. Catch this. (laughs) But the reality is that parenthood isn't always peachy. It's hard work. And for a lot of people that may have had previous mental health experience, my own situation where I hadn't had experience of of mental health challenge, maybe a little bit of anxiety, you know, here and there, but it... It often happens for the first time during pregnancy for both dads and mums, mainly mums, one in five, but dads are one in ten. So, yeah. you know. So, and this <laughs> is like, you've got this, <laughs> sorry, I know you were about to no, jump, no, but no, you've no. got, you've got, you've got births that are good, right? That you have a, a pretty smooth birth, not many sort of issues, complications, yeah. and you can still go through all a range, you know, range of things. Yeah. But then you've got really traumatic births. Mm where the PTSD that comes, oh. you know, just through the birthing Huge. process. Huge. For mums and dads. Yeah. Because often through those traumatic births, dads are just pushed to the side. So, you know, definitely for mums. I mean, I had a traumatic birth with my first son and it, I, it absolutely significantly impacted my downhill slide from there mm. um, because you just don't expect things to happen that way we're talking about you know birth plans and do your antenatal you know classes and but they don't talk about emotional well-being like what happens when you start struggling you feel alone you feel isolated partners may not understand 
themselves perhaps struggling. Yeah. It becomes this do, do massive. You f- do you feel that's part of the issue that it's sort of having children and all that is sort of, it's not glorified, but it's sort of, it is such a positive thing. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, oh, it's so exciting and there's so much love and happiness and, you know, everyone's just so excited for the, the you know, couple that's going through that. Yeah. That when the, like the couple or, or one of the partners is like, actually, I'm really struggling and this is shit house. Yeah. What, what do I do? Because I can't go out and say it's bad because everyone thinks it's great. Yeah. Is that part of the... Well, I can assure you they talk about the motherhood glow. There was no glow happening for me when I was pregnant. <laughs> like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so society tells us that it is the best thing you're ever going to do in your life. It's so rewarding. The love you feel is like nothing else you've ever felt before. So what about the mum that has a traumatic experience or maybe not even a traumatic experience but doesn't feel that straight away? Yeah. Immediately they're like, what is wrong with me? Yep. And that's where we let our mums and partners down Down. is education around what does this actually look like? Yeah, and I mean obviously you've got, you know, you hear situations where, you know, a mother will have morning sickness, an expecting mother will have a little bit of morning sickness, others have it all the way through and it's just... To the point of hospitalisation yeah, a lot of the time. horrific. It's horrific. And I, and I would imagine when you go through, before you have the baby, before like before you go through any of that, that would just really sit, like sour the process, tarnish the experience of the whole thing, wouldn't it? Like, it, sets a, it sets us up for failure. And you look at the terminology and the language used throughout pregnancy. I was a geri- geriatric pregnancy because I was over 35. Yeah. Geriatric, right? That's <laughs> not very yeah, positive. Yeah, yeah. Is that the yeah. classification? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. If you're over 35, yeah. they classify yes. you as La- La- Lance has been on me about it because she's 30. <laughs> well, get in before 35. That's, that, that's what I mean. She's like, quickly. But I don't want to be a geriatric. Right. Hell. <laughs> that's insane. This that's is the language that's used yeah, medically, yeah. right? So we focus on medical side, but the medical language is often set up negatively. So... Failure to progress during pregnancy. Failure to thrive for a baby who perhaps isn't feeding or eating well, which are very genuine issues, but failure to thrive. Failure is just constantly in your brain as a mother. So if you're not breastfeeding, failure to provide what you need to provide for your baby. Just failure, failure. (laughs) You probably probably don't even realise that that's... And yeah, another like a key contributor to that, just the language yes. placed around it. Absolutely, huge. And yeah. then you've got like, you know, things like your obstetrician, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, having, you're having a home birth or you're in the hospital, you know, like what are you you're doing? Yeah, but I think I, I think even going back before that, like even like talking about my wife, you know, she's like, you know, every time I go see the doctor, they're like, when are you having kids? Yeah. You're getting older now. You better hurry up. So yeah. it's like this sort of pressure, it is. like being placed on her, and then it's like coming back on me. She's like, you know, we've got to hurry up and have kids. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm ready right now. Yeah. Like my nine to five is like <laughs> pretty chock a block. Yeah, you know, yeah, what we I mean? like going for a beer after. Yeah, work. And I like going for a couple of pints <laughs> and some hot wings. Don't even start. Yeah, this yeah. Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's but that's like sort of what we're going through in our marriage. No, you know absolutely. what I mean? It's just sort of like, well, why is that? You know, why are we getting? It's not pressure, but you sort of, yeah, I suppose it is in a way, like feeling pressure that we've got to, you know, if we're going to do it, we better hurry up and do it because it's not as, Absolutely. And then when you're trying to conceive, this is another massive area that people just don't understand. People might say, when you're having kids, you might have been trying for two years, but it's not something you hang out for everybody else to look at. Yeah. So for me, we tried for 12 months before we had our first babe 
And I had people around me, left, right and centre, falling pregnant, which I had to be happy for them because they're friends and family. But inside, I am Crushed. breaking yeah, yeah. every right. month. You know, you're like, oh, my God. We had um, Jimmy and Tam. Uh, Jimmy and Tam um, were on the block last oh, right. year and they yeah, were wearing yeah. our stuff but they did a podcast with you us. would have seen the podcast but Dan hasn't uploaded on the website so you wouldn't have seen I looked yesterday YouTube's anyway, on YouTube oh, oh, so we're that. actually talking on the website right we'll, yeah, the website. we'll check that out but <laughs> Tam had a traumatic birth did she and she's just they've got one beautiful daughter Frankie yeah. um, for Jimmy it was traumatic um, yeah, it's like a massive. Being, being Can you imagine control. standing back right and watching helpless. the person that you love go through this, particularly what? if they're wheeled off into an operating theater for an emergency cesarean or something? It's your whole world. They're left standing there. Yep. Like, oh, but they what, get. What do I do? But they had that <laughs> traumatic birth, and they're they've. I don't, I don't think they're going to have another child. You know, and that's their choice because they're happy with what they've got and they don't want to risk, you know, that anything yeah. might happen to Tam. But they get the questions from people, oh, when are you going to have another one? Don't you want your pigeon pair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And up? it's like <laughs> they're not going to go, they're not going to start being graphic and explaining exactly why yeah. we're not having another one. But maybe, maybe, yeah, people need to sort of back off a little bit on that. And absolutely, because I remember at a, a party you know, just standing around and my sister-in-law at the time was just announcing her pregnancy and everyone then turns to me and it's like, well, when are you going to have kids? Mm. And by the end of the day, I ended up, st- my response started being, we've actually been trying for 12 months. And people yeah. would just go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> because yeah. how else, you know, it's yeah. it's... It's hard. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But I mean, but maybe those, I mean, those honest answers like that are probably what people do need to hear. And as hard as it is to, mm. you know, as hard as it is for the individual going through it, you know, putting people in an awkward spot like that with like, oh, fuck, maybe I shouldn't have asked. And it's such a natural question to yeah. ask. Yeah. Like yeah. people just ask it. Yeah. And particularly after the birth of the first one, you're right. And then what I found was Dane and I, my husband, talked significantly about do we go through this again? And, you know, this is two years down the track because it was a no-go mm. <laughs> topic for quite a while. And it ended up being him saying, it's your choice because it was your traumatic experience. I mean, it was for him too, but in a different way. And he's – because I said, I just don't know that I can do that again. I don't know that I can put a baby through that again. I don't know if I can put our marriage through that again. Like the guilt – is huge, and that guilt is like an overarching so, theme. So, so to just run us through, like obviously you took it took twelve months for you to fall pregnant. Then it was obviously a traumatic experience in itself. Well, um, it's yeah. Well, well, yes. as in you know, like you went through a process where it's like I'm trying to fall pregnant, we're not falling yeah. pregnant. You and know, then the guilt and everything. What's saying yeah, in, my head, in your head? I'm What's failing at this. Exactly. So that you sort of was set up from the get go poorly, mm. but then when through you know, your pregnancy and post-pregnancy where you're like, I'm in trouble and I need help. Like, when was that? Was it a, Was it just like a progression or was it like a day? Was it an event? Like, what? You know, like, mm. when were you like, I need help and I'm not in a good spot here? It's a very significant event. <laughs> so, basically, antenatally, I kind of felt that I was struggling a little bit anxiety-wise. Like, there was a lot of fear. I, I had um, morning sickness for 20 weeks, the first 20 weeks, so half my pregnancy with both babes, which is debilitating, <laughs> trying to work at the same time, full-time, you know, it's hard. And then, um, yeah, traumatic birth, not really understanding, I guess, the impact of that at the time because you're kind of, you know, you compartmentalise.
getting Babe home, he had quite a few challenges around allergies, which we realised as early as three months. Um, by seven months, realised he was anaphylactic to egg and dairy. No. So again, I had to give up breastfeeding, which was the only thing I felt like I was doing really well. And I had to go to cold turkey because of his allergies. Anaphylactic to breast milk? Well, if I was eating dairy and egg, it was uh. having an impact on him. And then I was so unwell at the time over this period, slowly declining, that my own weight had dropped to about 52 kilos. And that in itself wasn't healthy. So medical advice was, you're not healthy enough to give up egg and dairy to continue breastfeeding, which is fair. Um, We now need to put him on a soy-based formula. So you're going to have to give up breastfeeding. And that devastated me. Um, Yeah, so that was a huge thing. But the decline happened very steadily up until about eight months. He was eight months old. And because of my psychology background and working with midwives, I <laughs> I had this checklist in my head of all the things, maternal mental health-wise, after you have a baby that you have to display in order to have postnatal depression. So even my knowledge kind of <laughs> in those irrational moments was not helping me because I pinpointed you have to want to harm your baby to have postnatal depression. I didn't want to harm my baby. I ate, lived and breathed for him, but everything around me fell apart. So that experience in itself, so I, I hung on to that, which meant I didn't have postnatal depression, so I'm totally fine. <laughs> not. <laughs> but what this catalyst was from my own realising, I think my husband realised, quite a few other people realised that perhaps this wasn't going so well. Um, but again, the conversation, how do you have it? Uh, babe, really think you're struggling right now. Uh, do you want to deal with that wrath <laughs> at the time when you, you know, you're feeling attacked? Because that's how we feel. Um, we were invited to go with our in-laws to Stratty for 10 days. Right? Top spot. Big fan. Well, every yeah. Easter we go camping there, so yeah. Not my But we were invited to go over Christmas and um, I said to my husband, like, I was wearing a mask, just constant. We call it the mask of parenthood. I could go out into society. I'd be the perfect mother, you know, having coffee with my babe in the cafe, you know, doing all the things. I would get home and fall apart. And this is what a lot of mums and dads do. They go to work mm. until Facade. they fall apart. Yeah. Um, and the, the cracks get more and more as you go through your experience. So I couldn't go out and feel confident that those cracks wouldn't start to appear. So when we're offered 10 days, I said to my husband, I can't do 10 days. Like, I know I'm going to, like, crack. Mm. So I'll give you four. <laughs> like, that was the... Compromise. Go, yeah, and this was, a, like, a very blunt conversation. I can't do this. For 10 days. And it wasn't about my in-laws. They're fantastic. They're supportive. It was about me and my own ability to keep my shit together, (laughs) basically, for want of a better word. So we went to Stratty. The pressure it took on me to get through that four days. When we got home, as you do, going through all the awesome photos of us as a family on the beach and me holding my babe and first dip in the water and all this sort of stuff... There was one particular photo that I was uploading to Facebook in our perfect life that just undid me. It was a photo of me holding my son in the water on the beach, still get emotional thinking about it, and I'm just like, I'm a total fraud. Like, what the hell am I doing? This is not me. 
this is not at all me. And I just fell apart, like literally had an emotional and physical breakdown on the floor. My husband looking at me going, what has just happened? And my GP at the time was awesome. Now, I do need to say that there are a lot of GPs that are not awesome or educated in how to deal with parents who are going through these challenges. Education is key. So I, my GP had acknowledged that perhaps I was struggling a little bit and she said to me, she grabbed me by the hands and she said, if you keep feeling like this because she knew I wasn't ready to deal with it, you need to come back and see me. So had she not said that, I don't know what I would have done. I honestly don't know that I would have been here today, to be honest. Um, but on the floor, I just kept saying to Dane, I need to see Julie. I need to see Julie. I need to see Julie. Like that's in mm. my head. That was all I could do. So that's what I was telling you guys earlier. By the end of that conversation with my GP, it was like, here's some medication you can take to like get us back to some degree of normalcy. Wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping, you know, the whole box. Or... Because I'm like, oh, no, I don't need medication. <laughs> so totally fine. Or this is, you know, the pamphlet and information for the mother-baby psychiatric unit in stay at um, Belmont Hospital. I'll take the prescription for medication, thanks. Wow. In they were the two options you had. Yeah. And in hindsight, I should have gone to Belmont. Like knowing what I know now, I would have recovered a heck of a lot quicker. My family would have benefited more had I gone to Belmont and got intensive help. But I was still in that <laughs> frame of mind. Yeah. So you're probably like, I've got two options. I've got antidepressants, medication, mm-hmm. or nut house. Yes, like, exactly. Basically, you're like, fuck, what's the lesser of two evils <laughs> right. here? That is that is like... <laughs> an, a, a, like and not to... And I, so it's when wild I, to think that <laughs> that was the two options. You, I, because you've I, only just come to a realisation you need help. And now they're like, well, the only help that we can give you is mm. this. That would have been and so confronting. And also, just to, to preface, we don't call it a nut house, house generally, yeah, but yeah. that's how yeah. in your head. Yes. In my head. Yes. Thinking, yeah. And it was literally, oh, oh no, yeah. <laughs> I don't need that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah, in hindsight, knowing what I know now, definitely would have been the better option for me. Mm. Um, as it was, worked through the whole process. And look, let's be honest, still working through the process. Medication is still a part of my life and I don't shy away from that. I hate the fact that that's still part of my life, but it's still there. We don't talk about recovery. We talk about discovery because we're a whole new person after this experience and that's not going to change. Getting back to the person, you know how you get back mm. to your weight, get mm. back to this, get back mm. to that. It doesn't happen when you've had these experiences. And the other thing is probably that you, you don't just get to a point where you've got like the you, your baby keeps growing. Yes. <laughs> like it's a human. It keeps like one of those things, going. One of those toys you used to put in the water and leave them for 48 yeah. hours. Remember you come out and they're like 10 <laughs> times the size? Holy shit. So it's it's not a goldfish. Like it keeps <laughs> evolving and there's no stage that is ever the same as the last. And you imagine a mum. I mean my experience is slightly different because my focus was on him. But you imagine a mum who is struggling with bonding, struggling with that parent-infant attachment, and then the guilt that is associated with that, like, what have I done? We were just talking about this yesterday because with Gemma. About it's like, imagine it, like, well, it obviously does happen. With you money. Ki- yeah, with money, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> G-money, shout out. Um, is that, yeah, Gem's our um, <laughs> community manager. But she was saying, like, imagine, like, if you didn't love your kid, mm. like, you just didn't get on with your kid. Carl Stefanovic talked about this. Yep. I remember when he, he. I remember when he had his. I think it must have been the baby with 
his second wife yeah. and he talked about how he didn't bond with it yeah. straight away. Yeah. On a and podcast, I mean. On TV. I haven't heard this. Um, actually, no, I haven't heard it either. I, just don't, I don't believe he said it on TV. I read it. I remember reading it yeah, yeah, right. specifically mm. and he talked about how he had... Because that must obviously happen and then that's yes. like a huge guilt thing being like, holy shit. And this is the thing. It happens more than people mm. even realise oh, or more than people want to talk about. Of course. Because society says... As you have that baby, oh Boom. my gosh, the love, the the you, joy. But the you hear it, you hear about it all the time. It's like even Crystalia said it. Did you see? We watch that video I sent you. So Crystalia is this comedian. He's yeah, was in some turmoil last year. We won't go into that, but he's had a child. Yeah, and um, you know, he was saying on his podcast that a mate of his, like ten years ago, had a child and was like, man, like I would, I would like jump in front of a bus for my kid like that's how much yes. i love this kid yeah. like i will fucking die for this child like Absolutely. that's how much i love it and chris like like that's like a bit out there you know mm-hmm. and then he's like and i've had my kid he's like and he's like i i understand it's like i feel exactly the same yeah. you know what i mean like, i'd take a bullet for this kid you know <laughs> what i mean and to me i'm like holy shit imagine there's some <laughs> family like some poor person out there it's like fuck i wouldn't do that you know what i mean like, yeah. like i'm not that connected to this child like because yeah. It's sort of like a, I don't know, it's just like setting these expectations that that's how it's supposed to be. And do you know what? Expectations is what it's all about. Because no matter which part of pregnancy, perinatal period you're talking about, it's our expectations or society's expectations of what it should look like. And when it doesn't look like that, which is more often than than not, not, we fail. And we feel guilty that we're failing. We feel guilty for not bonding. We feel guilty for not seeking help. We feel guilty for our marriages being, you know, like they're guilt. You're trying to, like you're crazy. trying to think, fix every single problem, and you're just like flailing in right? the in the ocean. But I always yeah. say this: you could be the strongest person in the world, and you would break under mm. that complexity of issues. There are absolutely families that go through this, and they have such a fantastic experience, and that is awesome. I would. Wish that on everybody if I could, but one in five. Do, do you th- do you think that the, um, you know, we obviously we talk about the power of social media both yeah. positively and negatively uh, in society, and I would think like I don't think I've ever seen like a negative post about some <laughs> kid before, like some new mother. I don't think I've ever seen anything where it's like actually this is like really hard and fucking it's tough. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. To the point because you're just expected to. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. So like I like I look at that and I'm like I know mothers, like I personally know mothers out there that are struggling, struggling. and like every post they put up is like this wonderful, is my yeah, family. you know. Well, it's and like everything, marketing is not portraying no. the, the correct image. Like we're all sold into, and it's not just this topic; it's no, every it's topic. Every topic. Marketing, marketing, you know, completely yeah. throws people's expectations and perceptions of what you know anything should. It be. Really does. Yeah, we're guilty. Yeah, I suppose we're guilty of creating this thing, sort of ourselves to a degree. You know, like it's human create. Like we it's, created it. It's what sells. I think it's also worth noting uh, that we haven't touched on that. Your husband is a builder. Yeah. Dane. So, Dane. 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 Dana, so, shout out. Dana, so, absolutely. To put it in context for our, some of our audience, we've got builders that listen to this podcast. Yeah, sure. um, well, I bloody hope so. You know. If you are a builder <laughs> listening to this podcast, please let us know that you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Tag, like, and subscribe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, to to you know, to be fair, like, it's what you're going through. You're talking about such a 
you know, a severe personal experience, mm. right? But, you know, the other side of it is you've got your husband who's a builder who's running a business, yeah. I'm thinking, has got some... M2 Builders, give it a shout-out. M2 Builders. <laughs> M2 Builders. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I've seen M2. Yeah, they're, they're on Instagram. Are they on Instagram? Um, M2 Builders? I'm sure I've I seen that logo. Okay, site fences. Okay, yeah, I'm, site I'm, fences, maybe. I may actually have um, put him in it here. No, 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 because there's two. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he right. works for himself. He's a sole trader, much smaller scale than the there's also M- There's also MP3. MP3. Is Patrick Hoskins. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, so to the point I was going <laughs> to say is that, yeah, you've also got, as you say, you're protective of your relationship, you're feeling the squeeze on that, but yep. he's also trying to run a business and he's, yeah. The There's a lot of factors, well, a lot. The, rea- the reality for us, and I can't speak to every, you know, because it's so unique what yeah. everyone goes through, but the reality for us was that he was leaving me in the morning knowing I wasn't well. He would go to work and he would come home and I would literally hand our son over go and have a shower where I would literally fall apart. And he would know this, but he couldn't do anything about it because if he tried to talk to me about it, that wasn't going to work either. Mm. So it was this constant thing. And for me, and this is really hard to talk about because it's such a big thing with perinatal mental health, it was rage. So I would find myself – so postnatal rage is a massively real thing. And as a mother who experiences it, it's something you don't want to talk about <laughs> because how can you say I rage mm. like, and it was something that fuck I've seen my mother rage. <laughs> Shout out Loretta. <laughs> <laughs> A good mother should know how to rage sometimes, guys. Get back here, Daniel. <laughs> but yeah, different. But I've heard crazy things. Yeah, yeah. Who put the fork in the knife section of but, the drawer? Like but you were on, you're like you're on complete, you're on complete edge, like you're on complete edge. Constantly. Yeah, and I can like I, I'm trying to picture, you know, how hard that must have been just for everything. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, like, like you imagine. Oh, like your relationship mm. and his relationship with your new son, yeah. and like everything. Like yeah. that would have just been. Well, how was he managing? How was he coping through all of this? Well, that's the thing. He's very quiet. He he's he isn't great at communicating his feelings. No, shout out all communicating <laughs> men. Exactly. Yeah, anyone else have that problem? Dial in. <laughs> exactly right. Um, so he kind of internalised, I think, and it would get to the point where I'd I'd sort of watch him managing me in that you know trying to de-escalate things or problem to solving step in. typical bloke fix thing it. fix it let's fix it yeah oh, plus um, he's a trader he probably yeah, had the right. tools to literally yeah, fix yeah. it right totally put out a nail and a hammer <laughs> yeah, yeah, and off, yeah. we go. off we go so and we were renovating all through this oh, so, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just add another layer to it right pub, pe- pub, public disclosure statement <laughs> no living renovations <laughs> oh my god oh. <laughs> yeah so for Stressful. the first, um, yeah, 12 months, I was sitting downstairs while we renovated upstairs in a, quite a dark space because it's nowhere near as light and sunny as what upstairs is. I would sit on the couch by myself every day, having come from a corporate work environment to now this, sitting there with my new baby, who I loved like mm. crazy. Yeah. Um, I would take a bullet for him. Yeah. Um, and all my kids. Um, but sitting there bawling my eyes out like is this honestly what my life has gotten to is this honestly it now and that's a massive thing for mums particularly oh. older mums that have had a career absolutely so there's all this well, your identity's just been ripped away and, and you've just been like now that's massive. you so you better look after that kid because if you don't you know it's not going to survive and so you better get over there four seven and you, yeah, thing. but and look, you never yeah. go back to normal. Eh? No. Like you don't go it's back to how you were. It's, it's and that's the thing. Normal. Yeah, and like, that's the it? thing that scares me because I'm like, oh well, you know, like 
business, anything else. It's like, oh, well, that didn't work out. Start again. Whereas kids, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, got to yeah. keep going here. You know what I mean? Like that's the only thing. Like I think, well, there's probably other things in life, but I'm like, that's one of the things in life where it's like, well, there's no backing out. Like it's in, you're yeah. fully in. And let's face it, you guys work with mental health, yeah. right? You've both yeah. experienced some significant trauma around mental health, suicide, everything else. It is something that you only understand when you've lived through it, either very closely related or you've lived through it yourself. So people don't understand. If they've not lived and breathed it themselves, they do not understand, which is why Peachtree is so necessary. The two guys that we've recently brought on as our dad peer support workers, they have a lived experience. So one of them, Tony, talks a lot about the pressure to provide because dads have the pressure to provide. Absolutely. Whereas, you know, other guys, um, and I think it was Phil's experience, our other peer support worker, whereby he felt completely helpless in a situation where he's watching his wife go through something and he's helpless to be able to do anything. And that significantly impacted on him. And, you know, he had anxiety beforehand, but it just escalates when these things impact. I'm not saying don't have kids. <laughs> Please don't take that. Because your experience might be no. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, no, it's, it's just not it's, everybody. It's just a matter of knowing the possibilities out exactly. there, knowing that this is going to be, pardon the, the pun, peachy. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. In, in a time now where, you know, gender roles are being challenged more yes. than ever, when it comes to starting a family and childbirth, mm. if, like physiologically and like practically those traditional gender roles <laughs> are like that for a reason, yeah, right? Because well, the, the mother... The men always provided. The men, the men have to provide, get out and do the And let's face heavy it, lifting physically the, you guys can't have babies. Exactly. So... <laughs> well, so <laughs> there's been some marvellous steps get off forward. The hook, yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, uh, even, you know, I was... We were sp- we spoke at a NARWIC event uh, a couple of weeks ago for International Women's Day. Yeah. Uh, National Association of Women in Construction. Yeah, great. And... Um, yeah, the, the some of the women there who are working in construction. Was, Ra- was it Rachel? So yeah, I, I I actually spoke to my, my partner Lily before I went because like, how am I going to get up? At, Shout out, Spalding. How am I going to get out um, in front of all these women as a bloke yeah. and 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 say something positive that you know we can take away? Yeah. There was one woman there, Rachel Price, who I've been aware of you know for a little while through social media, but I remember when she got her carpentry ticket. And she had a kid, mm-hmm. and she's walking around pushing a pram with the baby in it, putting fucking pamphlets in yeah. in letterboxes yeah. for work. And yeah. I just thought, and she was there that day. And I said, I made a point of just talking about her and how much she inspires me, and all men, uh, because that's fucking insane, yeah. isn't it? That 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 an individual has the ability to be able to physiologically and emotionally go through what women go through mm. on either side of childbirth. Mm. And then push a pram around while handing out flyers for, for a blue collar. Well, it's like your job. mother going back to work two weeks after she had Nick. Yeah. Like that's you know, like how yeah. could you? I it couldn't is even consider the reality of where we currently live, and it's getting worse. I don't see it getting better. You know, people want now, so mm. that means you need income. So everyone's working. Women are like in a position mm. where they have to return to work. And mm. I suppose this is why. Yeah, I mean, again. Well, you're from Peachtree, this is what we're here to talk about, and it's a not-for-profit and it's a free service, yeah, right, is. for anyone to access, to yeah. be a part of, because finances, when we talk about mental health, suicide is just the end the end mm. part of it. 
we're trying to talk about all these other issues. Mm. We're the, early the, prevention. prevention. Yeah. The, the, Step right. outside, shit day. Let's fix it up. Yeah, what can we do? Absolutely. You know? Let's not let it escalate. No. To this severe acute and level, it, and it's the whole like trying to let people know that this stuff is normal. It is. This is what normal is. This is what the Huggies TV commercials <laughs> should look like. But then probably no one would buy nappies or have kids. Um, <laughs> they better buy nappies. I don't want everywhere. We we always say like, please don't think it's all skulls and crossbones because it's not honestly. No, no. But but it's the education. It's potentially what might happen. And if it does, you know that there's help. There, you know the steps to take in order to get that help. And that as much as anything, there is no right way for anything to there's go. Not. There's not one single perfect roadmap. There's not. It doesn't exist. It does not no. exist. Get that out of yeah. here. And yeah. everyone's experience is 100% unique. <laughs> like there is not one that is the same. No. And I mean, I, I do want to touch on, you know, what blokes and their, the, the symptoms that they go through, you know, because obviously we'd love to get, you know, both sides. But is there something out there? Because like I've spoken on this podcast a lot. Like when I got engaged – my in-laws were like, you guys go need to do pre-marriage counselling. And we're like, okay. okay. I went and did it. It was like really good. And yeah. I just, I talk about it all the time. Yeah. So I so said, what are there out there for people that are like, okay, we're thinking about having a kid. Like, is that when they go and find someone and chat about it? Or is it we're trying to have kids and we're like, we're pregnant now. Now we need to go. Like, what's the best steps for people to set themselves up to, let's not succeed, but get through it with the right, you know. Support. Support and be like, we're setting ourselves in the right degree so if there is trouble, which there definitely will be, we know where to go and how to deal with it rather than be like, let's just wing it and see. Yeah, I think um, I talked before about the pregnancy bubble, right? So the conception side of it can either be super easy to astonishingly easy or it can be incredibly difficult, IVF, like you, again, lay on all those layers of complexity. It's ridiculous. So there's that and then there's pregnancy and the challenges that go through that. What we're told is to go to antenatal classes. Like that's really what we're told to do. The reality is that antenatal classes tend to focus on the physical. The mum, the baby, okay. physically what you're going to be going through. There's stuff touched on around emotional well-being and potential challenge, but we still find that it's really lacking. Um, we've talked to hospitals about this, but their comeback is always, we can't be seen to supporting one organisation, so therefore we can't let you come in and do anything. Sick <laughs> I'm sick of that I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's... It's a thing. So we're all about collaboration. Aren't we trying aren't to? We, aren't we trying to solve the same yes. issue? That's. And yeah. this is it. It can be. It deflates me. It's a product. It's a competitive market. How? How when hospitals are worried about their image and who they're partnering with? How are they sending a good message to yeah. individuals struggling with stuff who are also worried about their image and yeah. what and what their perception? Oh yeah, we doing. actually have resources, but we're not going to go with those guys because you know we've already got this other thing. But you know whatever. Yeah. And look, there are private antenatal classes, things like that. But again, you talked about the economic affordability. Mm. Um, it's not always available to every, um, you know, we're so diverse in our financial, you know, what we have. Yeah. That there's a whole population to the majority, I would believe, that have no capacity to mm. pay for these sorts of things. So what they are getting perhaps could be so much more included as far as education around perinatal mental health, but it's just not. When you're pregnant, you don't believe it's going to happen to you. So, <laughs> you know, oh, not me. Yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah. be totally Well, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's just a thing. So often it's difficult to provide the education during pregnancy for that reason. 
the third trimester is often where it's the most beneficial to try because it's when that fear starts kicking in and the reality of... It's getting real Yeah, here. this is getting real. Like I'm on the path now mm. to actually having a child. So there is a bit more leeway there, I think. We've recently been talking to um, postpartum doulas who focus on the mum. And again, this isn't something that's available for dads. But in that postnatal period, to support them practically, emotionally, everything, because they understand the holistic nature of what this involves. And that's what often is misunderstood. So we say, go to your GP, first and foremost, or to a trusted other. Sometimes people don't have a trusted other they can go to to talk about it. You might have friends, but do you feel comfortable talking about this stuff with those friends? So, and do um, you think they will be comfortable having that conversation? Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. So we talk about having um, it's kind of like this funny contract, you know, parenting partner contract, where it's kind of this series of questions, and it's like, will you? So it gives a mum the opportunity to go to their husband and go, or their trusted other, go, okay, so potentially. I could go through this, 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 or this. This is how I feel about it. This is what I see my support could look like. Will will you commit to being my parenting partner? And they then do the same thing. Okay, so when you're feeling like this, this is what I'm going to do and this is how we can manage it together. And often we talk about using the code word. No one wants to say... I'm struggling. I'm pineapples. Guilty. I'm, I'm right. Yeah. People talk about pineapples. Pineapples. Is that yours? Well, it's just I've I've heard that a lot of people use. Oh. Yeah, no, they <laughs> do. Even one of our ladies at work is all about pineapples. Yeah. But f- <laughs> it's true. What? <laughs> so, but you know, one of our our workers, it was the monkeys on the fridge, and her sister <laughs> was the person. So if she rang up and heard her feeling, you know, or sense that she wasn't quite right, she'd be like, "Is the monkey back on the fridge?" And you can just say yes. And then all of a sudden there's this complete understanding of what's going on because yeah. you've got mm. this contract. So mine was, um, do you need a walk on the beach? Because the beach is my safe place. And I could say, yeah, I absolutely need on a, a walk on the beach today. And, for, you know, it just allowed the conversation to happen more naturally. That's, That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like because that. Because it's, it's hard. It's hard to talk about oh. even with people you trust. I, yeah. ha- I have a question. <laughs> <Do>, uh, <laughs> Something I've observed, um, and you, yeah, tell me if this is right or wrong, but is there sort of a a culture where kind of other mothers Mm -hmm. who have been through it before can make light of expecting mothers or new mothers' situations because they've been through it? They're like, oh, you know, you're just, and and telling people how to be a mother and oh, what to expect. And oh, no, that's just, you know, oh, you're carrying on, oh, whatever, you know, like back in our day. We did this and that. Like I've heard those oh, conversations. Yeah, abs- all the time. I've heard them. And yeah. I, and, I've I've, heard and them. like and like um also, you know, <laughs> as a mother who's a midwife, look, she's an expert in childbirth, right? <laughs> but sometimes you can get information overload, you know what I mean? And you get information from all these angles and you're just completely fucking overwhelmed and you're mm-hmm. like, Well, who do I even listen to here? And yeah. who are you to tell me how yeah. I should be feeling exactly. or any of this stuff? So how do you look cause <laughs> Because you talk about your husband not knowing how to bring it up with what you were going through, how the hell do we walk this tightrope? Like, how do we? How does anyone navigate this? Education. <laughs> so it is in teaching people how to navigate this. It's not a natural part of what we do as human beings. We don't preempt that parenthood is going to be this tr- 
potentially terrible thing or something that we don't cope with because we've always believed that it's the best thing that will ever happen in your life. So those conversations with trusted others are really important before it all happens, pre-marriage counselling, right, before it actually happens. So that is so, so important and emotional well-being, not just physical. Setting yourself up. that's pretty covered, right? But the dads aren't covered in the physical stuff because it's about the mum and the baby. The mum often gets overlooked in postnatal care because it then becomes about the baby. So it is this constant struggle of who's being supported and how, whereas emotional well-being is about everybody. Mm. If you're not well, either parent or both, the trajectory for an infant is 50% more likely that they will experience their own mental health challenge if if a parent goes untreated. Okay. Yeah, wow. Right? So for mums, the stat is like 74% of mums don't seek help until their symptoms are severe to acute, which was my issue. Mm. So that's 26% of mums that have had babes that will look for help. So that so that wow. sort of t- that ties into my question, right? So I didn't answer your question. So I don't think no, you about did. how to it, get it, it, support. It's, edu- it's education, it, it, and it's yeah. a case by case thing. And yeah. it's Definitely. having it's a not voice. It's having a voice. So if you like teaching people yeah. how to have a voice, because when you're that vulnerable, which you are in childbirth, <laughs> like terribly yeah, yeah, vulnerable, yeah. it's about knowing what you can say in support of yourself. Because I knew it all. I had all the knowledge, yeah. I had all the things. In that moment, I was helpless to advocate for myself. And I'm an educated <laughs> person around this topic, right? So yeah. how, how is a mum who has no, like, at all understanding around what this is about, how is she going to advocate for herself? Mm. She can't. And this makes me think of, like, you know, because blokes don't know what to say. No. Like, there needs to be, like a like, a guidebook of, like, for blokes expecting fathers, yeah. what should you say and what shouldn't you say? Because yeah. I remember when we were up, went up to Camelwheel uh, a couple of years ago to do a talk out at Rockland Station. Oh. Oh. And the and the, and the <laughs> absolute like this an is a beauty story. No, no. <laughs> and the I can't remember her name, but it was the what do you call the, oh, the, the cook, like the, the one who takes care of the place, the oh. kitchen. What's the name of that, Rossi? Come on, you're from stations. Yeah. Anyway, like the camp cook, the camp. I don't think she was the camp manager. Cook. I can't remember. Anyway, she was. Heavily pregnant. Right. And um, I think we were, you know, um, obviously pregnant, past the point where, you know, you don't have to question, is that person pregnant or not? And, um, yeah, we were introdu- <laughs> meeting and... Because that's the thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> Just quietly. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm not joking Dan, about Dan, that. Dan learnt. <laughs> uh, but I, we went in for a hug and I said, I don't know if I'll be able to get my arms around you. Like that. And the women who we were there with <gasps> looked at me <laughs> like the ones who we were travelling with. Yeah. <laughs> My jaws nearly hit the ground. I was like, what? Like, and then, Just talking practically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We walked away and it was like, oh, you don't ever say that to a pregnant woman. I was like, I know that now. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's a reality. Because, because yeah. a pregnant woman is probably not feeling great about the ones who aren't glowing, aren't feeling great about the way they Absolutely. look and feel. Yeah. And you don't need to make that worse. <laughs> but it's like look, fucking foot in mouth disease <laughs> when it comes to... We all have it. Yeah. Like, we all have We've it. We've all done that. We've all done it. And that's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay. It's learning from it. You don't go to the next one, hey, I go again, big again. <laughs> what I'm doing is telling <laughs> everyone, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, you talked about information before. There are There is information out there, but mm. you're right. It is overload. Dr. Google is a total thing. Yeah. I, I banned myself with my pregnancy with my daughter of, I had a panic attack reading up on something on Dr. Google because 
I had all the symptoms and I was like, oh my God, this is going to happen to me. I literally had a panic attack at work. So from that point on, I'm like, no more Google, no more looking up information. I know what I know. I've had a child. We've been through a pretty tough experience. My medical management of where I've been is really good. I need to trust in the process, trust in what I know, take the information, but only that information that I need and feel will be beneficial and just deal with that everyone has an opinion everyone and other mothers love telling you about their negative experiences of childbirth and pregnancy and everything else it's very rarely positive like (laughs) it's awful so often it's yeah, it sets us up for a real struggle sometimes. God. Yeah, well, I suppose... There ne- yeah, there needs to be a book. Sorry. Yeah. There needs to be, a, like, a little book. I'm just talking from the bloke side of yeah, things right, here. Totally. There could be, like, a, like a yeah, a very simple, very blokey <laughs> book of, like, do's and don'ts and yeah. kind of what to expect. Like, do you know what? Happy to work with you guys on yeah, this that's, book. Yeah, that could be we something. We could collaborate. Let's <laughs> like, do I it. Let's important. do it because if we could make it sort of funny, something that's digestible yeah. in a pub, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, totally. Like, that, because it's just... That, you and know, I blokes only need a little bit of information, right? It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Not, not too much otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of what that um, parenting partner sort of deal was that we were talking about because it can be what isn't going to be helpful to me when I'm feeling like this, you know, and them saying or your husband saying, okay, well, what can I say when you're feeling like this? But talking about it before it even happens so that you're prepared. Yeah, well, preparation, yeah. yeah. So the code word can happen. I really need to walk on the beach. And then the conversation can start. Hubby knows. Do we need additional resources? Let's not approach it in this particular way. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're nearly at our hour. Oh, sorry. No, 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 that's fine. No, no, I think we let this flow because this is fucking great. (laughs) So I, um, before we came on air, (laughs) how professional does that sound? Um, Not very coming from you. (laughs) 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 The women... Women, I didn't like how much you laughed at that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I must admit, I did, look, I did look on your website when I saw, like, I thought it looked so professional. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with it's, this. Yeah, we're very, we're very laid <laughs> it's back. It's all a facade. We're very laid back. Um, but you were saying one in five women yeah. um, struggle with... Um, yeah, postnatal depression post-natal. and anxiety. Yep, and, and one in ten men. Yes. Right. So, you know, I'm, I, I, I look at... Postnatal depression, and I think, Rodo, I think I know some of the key warning signs that there would be for women that are struggling with postnatal depression. But I don't think I could put my hand on, like, my finger on what men, men's postnatal depression would look like. To be honest, it's probably not too dissimilar to women. It may be a lack of bonding with a baby. It might be anxiety. It might be depression. It might be anxiety around the necessity to provide or the feeling that you have to provide. It's rage. The escalation or first-time occurrences of domestic and family violence in the first 12 months after you have a baby is significant. Yeah, right. Right? And I'm not saying that's just on men. Like, I just admitted to having rage. Oh, no, no, no. But Not that... You know, yeah, it yeah. wasn't physically <laughs> impacting, but yeah. emotionally and verbally impacting, huge. So, mm. you know, I'm not sure the symptomology actually is too much different. Okay. I just feel like it comes out in different ways. And there's so much still that we don't know about, you know, not sleeping, not eating properly, um, just general self-care things that, but then it's the borderline of, okay, we all have that at some point or another, it's not always mental health but or impacted mental health. 
But if you're feeling that way for periods of time, and they usually use about two weeks, if you're more often than not feeling that way in that two-week period, it's about time to go and have a chat with someone. Okay. And that's, generally that's, a that, good, that's a good rule to yeah, yeah. work and by. And generally that someone is a GP. Yeah. If you get a great GP, the resources are there. You can be, you know, like come to Dad Brain at Peachtree and have a chat with other dads. Or Can people do you. that remotely is it, or is it only in person? We're about to start some online groups for Yeah, dads. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Because geographically then yeah. you're not restricted and that's really important to us as well. One thing I think is really important with TX upstairs and mm. our psychologists, Fantastic. like we're, we're really promoting, we can handle crisis stuff, yep. but we're not positioning ourselves across sports service. We're just like, we're just here for anyone, yep. anytime, whether you're struggling or whether it's for someone else that you're worried about that you don't know how to help. But really what we're trying to instill is a culture where people are just prepared to just pick up the phone and say, hey, uh, just had a baby, I'm I think I'm it's, all right, but I just... It's not as rosy you know, as I thought, and I just might need a hand it's here. Not as Hang rose. on, not roses, peaches. Oh, peaches, peaches. Not, not a peachy, peachy. sorry. It's not as sorry. peachy as peaches. We're not dealing with a fucking <laughs> rose bush. Uh, but it's yeah, a peach street. I suppose, but I suppose it's really important for mothers, fathers, and support networks of anyone going through this sort of stuff to just know where they can go to feel yeah. supported, to be able to pick up the phone and just have a yarn. And it doesn't yeah. matter. It's a new experience. You're mm-hmm. not expected to know how the fuck any of it's going to work. Totally. So ask a question. Like, yeah. it's just ask a question any time. You and know? often it is those phone lines, I think, that help because, mm. well, but then it's still stigma associated with that. Like, what if someone finds out that I've been talking to Lifeline or PANDA, which is the Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Association. I've spoken to Lifeline. I've seen psychologists. I've been on yeah. mental health plans. You've been through yeah, it all. Totally. Everyone's been through it. Yeah. PANDA. But it's, yeah, so that's the Perinatal um, Anxiety and Depression um, Association. Right. Or I heard that. Yeah. So, yeah, they are available. They have a telephone support service. They have a triage service. So they're there for general support. Yeah. But they're also there to be able to, you know, connect you with where you need to be. And that's a national hotline. So that's really key. But Lifeline is still key. Acute mental health mm. teams and that number is key if mm. you are in that crisis. TX is absolutely mm. where you want to be going and that's what I feel like the beautiful collaboration here little is. little synergy, yeah. Yeah, because you guys are offering that immediate clinical support which actually for dads or people that are concerned, um, it's actually so much more meaningful because it's built from a base of understanding and experience yourselves. So what we're providing is then the connected support of dads getting together, having a yarn over a barbecue on a Wednesday night at our Peachtree House at G-Bung on the back deck and just, you know, you can go on to the the Dad's Branch at Peachtree Facebook page and there's selfies. Like every week they take a selfie of the dads like just hanging out and that's what it's about. But it's facilitated by two dads who have their own lived experience who get it. That's good. And what about the kind of the idea that, yeah, you know, we've just rattled off a bunch of different support networks <laughs> and things that are out there. Yeah. But sometimes it's not one isn't the right no. one. One's different, one's better, one's pizza not, shops. not better. Don't but, stop eating you know, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> if you get a bad pizza, you don't stop eating pizza, you just got a different pizza <laughs> shop. Totally yeah. Yeah. Shout out Justin Gage. <laughs> yeah. that was Congratulations old. on Holy Moly. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't spoken about that. I feel like you guys are like totally over this marketing thing. Oh, <laughs> no, we love it. It's so much fun. Justin Gaines was on our podcast. He works with Mates in Construction. Yeah. He was on our podcast way, way back. But he gave, he gave us that analogy because he's 
Went well, through his own right. stuff, but he was, also, psychologist. he was also just mm. on the shit TV show Holy Moly yeah. as a contestant. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. Right. Let's get so it just now. give it an explainer. Yeah. My kids love Holy Moly. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's great. But you're exactly right. We advocate for the fact any of the mums, any of the dads that we talk to, if you're going to see a GP, if you're going to see a psychologist, and this is again about having your voice and knowing gut feel when it doesn't feel right, if you're not getting the validation, the reassurance and the support you need from these health professionals, find someone who does. And that's what it's about, finding that right fit. Because we, we don't fit with everybody, mm. um, you know, and it's important to be able to do that because you need to trust them. But then what's exhausting is having to tell your story over and over and over again and that's what stops people from seeking help. Oh, that's what we've been taught. We've been talking about it a lot and that's one of the you things. You are preaching. Even with Tinder converted. Hundred well, percent. We yeah. are all that is our whole jam. It's really You've got to be hard. able to talk to the same person every time if they're the right one for you because but also what about trusting your gut and like going oh, with your gut feel because that intuition. Like some because mm. like we're People's intuitions and their gut feel like I believe it to be pretty, very accurate, very true. Yep. I certainly believe that. I and do too. You get some advice or you know a recommendation or anyone from someone, and you just feel that it's maybe this right. isn't right. Go with it. Trust yeah. that. Seek a further a second opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think uh, that's a whole other podcast. But like the <laughs> idea around you know someone's like a doctor giving you advice on something and it doesn't feel right. Well, then. That's okay because it's just one person's opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and the thing is, though, that society has told us health professionals know best. Yeah. Right? So yeah. if you go to a doctor and it's like having a baby, they know what they're doing, the health professionals. Mm. So how can I voice up and go, you know what, I'm actually not okay with this, I'm not comfortable with this. Same with the GP, same with the psychologist. You don't feel like you can question or in any way say, but I think actually you're not really hearing me yeah. right now <laughs> but i think that's the only like the medical industry is like the only profession right where people are just like they're all one in the same yeah you know like what I mean? like if you go to one doctor um, it's i expect the same as that other doctor trade whereas you get three quotes that's right? what i mean there's not <laughs> a like, single builder don't trust them there's not, yeah, don't trust through. them and you get hey, it you get it you get it written down <laughs> no but the thing like there's not a single other profession out there that is like that where they just rock up to the first one like yeah, yeah there's totally not agree. one Totally agree. But you know, and you we do, appreciate yeah. it for Peachtree. That may not be the right fit for everybody, but let us help you find somewhere that is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like this I don't know where we're going for time. This, where, has, where, been, <laughs> this has been a fantastic podcast. Okay. You're amazing. You're yeah, great. Thanks. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I feel like I've educated myself today. <laughs> I feel yeah, educated. I agree, but I also think this is such a massive it's and massive. misunderstood topic. Um, that you know, yeah, we could easily dive into this again and yeah. again, you and know again, what I mean? absolutely, yeah. <laughs> because often I think it's uh, maybe a platform like this that sometimes will spark questions from listeners and other guys yeah. or other mothers absolutely. that they're like, oh shit, you hear something and you want to know more, but they still might not have the confidence to reach out. But yeah. Well, the other it, thing, yeah. just quickly to acknowledge, is that it doesn't always happen. Just like. It may not happen with your first baby, your second baby, your third baby. We've had mums come that it's happened with the fourth baby. So you imagine having... It'd be even more crippling. Right? It'd be like, I've because done this three times, why now? Correct. Yeah. And that's where it... That's what I mean about the complexities. It's not just a one-off, okay, your first baby, this is potentially what could happen. You're 50% more likely if you've had one experience to then have it again with the next. We've got mums that have never had it and then have it with... You know, and it's like, oh my god, what is happening? Yeah, and dads as well, because you imagine that having three, you know, 
perfect. Well, nothing's perfect, but three experiences, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh my god, Armageddon. Can you imagine all this? And this is before you even got to start worrying about school fees. Oh my god! Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> no, no. So you go through all of this just to get to a mo- mm. to a point where you can start funneling cash into their uh, education. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So oh. Dad's branch at Peachtree was literally born. It's something we wanted to do for so long. We just didn't have the funding. COVID allowed us to get that funding because cool. we acknowledge that dads, as much as mums, the escalation of DV, the escalation of, you know, just families being pushed together in situations that fly in, fly out, potentially mm. haven't been pushed into that situation for a really long time. It, it all just, and if your anxiety, anxiety is out there anyway, and a lot of mums have medical anxiety, it's just like confounding. So, um yeah, Dad's Branch was born out of that. So we got a small pocket of funding to do Dad's Branch. We employed our two guys, Phil and Tony, um, and it has been incredible. The uptake has been immediate. They have their own closed Facebook group where they offer each other support. A dad will, you know, go, oh, guys, don't know about you this week, but I am struggling. Who else is feeling it? And then there's all these replies from other yeah. dads going, yeah, totally with you. <laughs> like, it's been yeah. crap. And that's what it's about. That's Apart great. from this podcast, how are those guys finding out about it? Uh, word of mouth. <laughs> okay. And we often, like we have our Peachtree Perinatal main Facebook page and that gets a lot of attention from other groups. So it's a constant like just pushing it out there it's um, interesting. on social media I'm surprised and talking about it. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised there's something, you know, obviously you've probably already thought of all this sort of stuff, but like, you know, organisations like, like Baby Bunting or wherever people, mm-hmm. like new parents are going. You know what I mean? Because like we're doing that with TAC. So like th- the next thing is like all the people that are coming on board with us, we're just like, if you, you're a business and you invoice someone and they and or you do something, just give them a TAC card. Yeah. Just give them that because that's all you need to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing. Like people with baby bunting, it's like, oh, yeah, going through this is awesome. But hey, if it, if it doesn't turn out as rosy as you think it will, you know, here's, here's Peachtree. You know what I mean? Like yeah. go here. Yeah. I think that's sort of that's seed, where it needs to be. Seed would good be, would be a good place to to put that information. You know, <laughs> where, where where young mothers are going to buy the expensive uh, baby, baby clothes. And mother clothes. Yeah, yeah. Geez, that's a lucrative industry, isn't it? I've just from but what I've heard from my own brother. See, for me, it's Kmart. Yeah, bloody. <laughs> I reckon you me. could yeah. walk around Kmart and just hand I'm out brochures. I mean, but they bloody got it all, don't they? they <laughs> where else do you need to shop? That's right. Kmart, one stop shop. So, Rani, thanks so much for your time. We really no appreciate problem. it. I've learned a shitload. I'm sure Dan has as well. I know he has. Um, where can people get onto you and Peachtree? Where do they go? Okay, so we've got a website, which is probably the best one-stop shop for all our information. Uh, so that's just peachtree.org.au. Um, Facebook page, the main page, Peachtree Perinatal Wellness. Um, again, pretty great overview. You know, we'll post this podcast up. It's where, how we get our word out there as to what we're doing, how it's going. Uh, and then we have, for anyone that attends groups, and that would be online or location-based, um, we have closed peer support groups where parents can support each other. Awesome, awesome. Power to you. And I've got to say, congratulations, because, you know, I know how much it takes to share a story like this. And for you to be able to talk about the stuff that you've been through and use it to not only empower yourself but others out there, you are making a difference. And that is Thank how you. that is how we'll change the culture around these sorts of topics. So congratulations. Absolutely. Well, awesome to have you Peachtree as an organisation is filled with women and dads doing exactly the same thing as me. So that's where the power comes from. Absolutely. And if anyone wants to chat to someone directly, Dan, TX, they can go to? 
oh, come on, this is your go. Okay, okay you can go to tx.org or give them a text or a call, Monday 9 to 5, 0488 Much love Jeez, and admiration. I'm so proud of you. Love you I'm all. So Thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, see you again next week. Oh, like, Thanks, subscribe. You know? <laughs> like, subscribe. And please tell people that this is a good podcast. Arigato. <laughs>